A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the Red Men podcast, uh, where we talk about all things Liverpool Football Club. Uh, I am Paul Machin. Have we lost Sam already? Have we lost Sam already? Yeah, it's just <laughs> itching his nose. Uh, I am Paul Machin. I'm joined in the studio by Chris Page. Yeah, from home, we've got James Sutton and potentially Sam Walker as well, uh, somewhere down the line. There he is. Um, the, um, yeah, we've got a kickoff question that we're going to get through and then we're going to talk about. Look, our thoughts and feelings. Let's have a little bit. Let's have a bit of a group counselling session before we jump on uh, Roy Keane's head, um, and then look ahead to a massive seven days for the Reds as well. Um, the kickoff question this week um, comes from Buddy, who's at Critical Path G, and he says, "What is the best intro song from a Saturday morning cartoon from your youth?" Uh, he says the X Men intro was an absolute banger. What you got for me, Chris? I didn't read the question, and it's quite hard. So the the, the one that springs to mind first of all is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, because everyone knows everywhere to that. And yeah. I think that's that's a banger. Party! Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there we go. That's Absolutely. Okay, cool. You mean Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles? Yes. <laughs> As it was for us in the UK, because Geek. apparently we weren't allowed to uh, to uh, have ninjas in in England. Bad times. Uh, James Sutton. Tory Britain, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> James, what was your what, what's your what was your favourite cartoon intro of your childhood? Um, you know, you've dropped this on me. Normally, normally, um, someone sends me the question in advance and gives me a look. You know, even just ten minutes just to prep it. And now I'm trying to. You know, I'm still half asleep, and I'm trying to get my brain to go back to kind of twenty <laughs> years in 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 the past. Um, but yeah, maybe a little, yeah, 30. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could sneak that one in and no one would notice. Not without um, your telly makeup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you were, if, <laughs> if you were being cast into an American high school drama, maybe you'd get away with that, like, you know, but yeah, this is... This did, is I t- did I tell you what my what, what someone tweeted me the other week about, about me, about how I look? Go on. Did I tell you that? Someone, someone tweeted me and said, how is it that he looks 45 and 21 at the same time? <laughs> you get that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, you know, I, I can accept. Um, right, kids' cartoons. But I, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't really a massive cartoon fan. I used to love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. I, I'm going to have to go with you and, 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 and go down the turtle route i had all the i had all the toys as well when i was a kid man like the little 
the splinter and the shredder and the um the little the little fella the, the what was his name krang yeah. i had yeah, all yeah. that gear yeah they were, no, they were hard to get hold of as well james Oh god! There was there was Christmas was at eighty nine where it was almost impossible. There was to a get national turtle shortage. We they, they, some some <laughs> and in typical scout style. I apologise for people to turn up for a Liverpool podcast. We'll get there. Um, some <laughs> some scout fellas on the market. Mate, got hold of like black moulds of turtle figures, and my dad come home with these slightly wrong coloured. Turtles, perfect shape, with all, but, but it was doing all just a bit, a bit crappy. They didn't look like they'd had a stroke. They were, the the mould was right. The moulds were the right. They were the right moulds, but it was like slightly cheaper plastic. The colours were all slightly off on them, and the weapons were all a bit flimsier. But that was like in Liverpool in eighty nine and ninety. That was the only thing you could. That get sounds over. like the ones that I had. Yeah, to be honest, and I didn't know they were black. So nice one, Dad. You've ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I must admit this question comes slightly easy to me because I literally have a playlist on YouTube of all the best 80s and 90s cartoon intros. Uh, Sam, have you got any suggestions? Yeah, this one's not necessarily because I enjoyed it. It's just because it's the one that I kind of did me head in the most. And I can just remember me little cousin always playing it on, on the keyboard all the time. And it was the Rugrats intro. You know, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And I just remember it just burning my head out all the time because I spent a lot of time with little cousin when I was younger. He was two years younger than me. So when I was too old to, to deal with that kind of shit, it was just on all the time. So yeah, loved loved the turtles, loved oh, loads of other cartoons, but that one will never leave me from annoying the life out of me. So yeah, unfortunately, it's the Rugrats for me. Yeah. Oh, go on, Paul. What are your top five? Ducktales. Oh yeah, nice. Because oh, yeah. Ducktales is the best. Is literally one of the greatest songs ever made. Rescue Rangers. Rescue Rangers is a good shout. Yeah. Oh, a lot of those like, like that. Top top, top, top cat. Bit, I mean. A bit, a bit, a bit, nineteen fifties. Okay. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good song. To be fair, uh, Centurions is good. Mask was good. You've mentioned Turtles, absolutely outstanding. Pole Position is an absolute banger as well. Jason the Wheeled Warriors, all, all excellent, excellent stuff. I had, I had what was the Dungeons and Dragons theme. I, not really a theme. It was a lot of bit spoken words. Wow. The. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, I had Sky in the nineties, so that you get up and it was like the the DJ Cat Show and something else, the Fun Factory, and it'd be like five hours of cartoons. Transformers, there you go, Transformers, absolutely smashed it. Um, let us know yours. I got a minute. Daddy's working my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's talking about cartoons on the oh. internet. James, uh, thank you. He's talking about Rugrats for goodness' sakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, got, oh, here's a shout. John Piper in the uh, live chat says uh, Thundercats. Thunder, thunder, thunder. Yes. Thundercats. That's an absolute, that is a belter of a tune. Biker Mice from Mars, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. You go. We used to sing that. We did, yeah. Until we were about 19. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Pink, it was like the pre, pre-town shout, wasn't it? Yeah. Let's rock. Hurrah! Pinky and the Brain. Uh, this is James Wilkins. What are we going to do today? Tiny Tunes, uh, the, 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 yeah, the Tiny, the Toonie, they're all little loony. Yeah, brilliant, says James Wilkins. Uh, some absolute, yeah, I've had that outside show for Earthworm Jim. I don't think many would get that one, but I, I, I do, and, and you're a hero for saying it. Uh, right, everyone, uh, we're going to dive into the into the Liverpool chat. I know, I know most of you would probably prefer we just went through 80s and 90s cartoon <laughs> intros uh, rather than talk about the state of the Reds at the minute, but we will do. But first, uh, we have got a 
brand new collaboration. Um, it is the ultimate collaboration of, of Style and Us uh, with our Beers of Anfield Road collection uh, available. We've got the beer mats and we've got a range of clothing as well. Have a little look at this. Hello everyone, welcome back. Um, just having a little conversation about um, about parental roles and when working from home. Uh, James just got to kick back, just like, yeah. <sighs> and that's none of my concern. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, right, yes, uh, Beers Vampire Road, Chris. I'm, I'm really excited by the, the stuff that we've got. We've got loads more to come. And there's a competition run at the moment. Yeah, so it's our pinned tweet over on Twitter right now. And if you go over there, there's a competition basically to celebrate the collaboration with Beers of Anfield Road. So you just need to tell us your top three, reply to that tweet, uh, retweet the post, of course, and we'll pick two winners to receive three T-shirts uh, of your choice. Uh, and we'll also release the top three designs, the player designs. So Dini Wijnaldum won, Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino, Ali Zayo, Virgil van Dijk, they're all absolutely quality. Um, and so Chris very much went to look down the barrel of a camera and the man in control of switching cameras was stood behind the camera at that point um, so I think Sai's back in the back in the booth right now uh, Sai if you don't mind obviously there's less of a podcast listeners but just for people on YouTube the beer mats are available uh, as well We're, we've got them for sale and they are absolutely like beyond great in terms of the design um, there's King's Ale, there's Millie, genuine Jeff. We're going to ignore the fact that there's a tacky Minamino one, but you know, he'll come back. Jurgen Klopp's got a long term plan for him, and you can be on, on the ground floor and all that. They're amazing. They're, they're up for sale on the uh, on the shop store as well. So, yeah, get involved. We'll put the links in the live chat and in the info underneath the podcast as well. Um, right. Chris. Yeah, you had a good day off um, to recover from all this. Um, how, you, how you feeling about the Reds at the minute? Um, all right, funny enough, me and Sam were talking um, just before we went live and stuff like that, and I'm a bit like, obviously I'm still devastated that we got tonked by Manchester City, uh, you know, and, and deservedly so, I think, and, you know, the performance wasn't good enough, and, you know, the performance over the last few weeks just hasn't been good enough on a consistent basis, but right now I think, you know, everybody knows exactly where Liverpool are, like, there's no more false hope, I mean, Liverpool are in a battle for top four right now, mm-hmm. um, and we need to focus on that, and the players need to focus on that, and you know, the title's not within our reach anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it may come back to us. I very much doubt that it will. Mm-hmm. It's been what we thought for a couple, uh, probably a month and a half, two months now, isn't it? That you know, it's cities to lose, really. Yeah. Um, so Liverpool can just get on with focusing on what they can, what they can control, and you know, that's not a bad position to be in. Yeah. No. It, I. It confirmed to me. I, I think you know. I've, I've been espousing my my belief that Liverpool aren't really at City's level at the moment, and so that that might that might change, but. Based on what we've seen, all that game did. There's a temptation thing you kind of have to do, I think, with football, and you have to almost be shown to be seen how how angry and how wound up and how everything makes you super emotional and all that. I didn't really feel that about the about the game in the end. I was I'm I'm annoyed because I don't like seeing Liverpool win, but it hasn't broken my heart. Sorry, yeah, it hasn't broken my heart and it hasn't devastated me in the way that that result has in previous seasons. Like, you know, when we go away to the Etihad and it's, it's, a, it's what, 12, 12 millimetres or whatever away, like, that's galling. This, all this did um, was confirm the suspicions and you kind of talking about them. You know, I've been talking about this for a week or so, Sam, that 
I don't think we're at, I just don't think we're at that level. And if we'd managed to turn the corner there, that would have been great. But all it really did was confirm the suspicions that, as Chris says, realistically this season, Liverpool need to be, Liverpool are, pro, they need to aim to finish second and have a good run at the Champions League because the title just looks like it's, it's a bit beyond us. Yeah, I mean, even if we'd have beaten Manchester City on Sunday, it didn't matter what score it was or the performance of it. Do we really think that there's enough teams in the Premier League with no fans, bear in mind, um, who can take enough points off this Manchester City side to, to enable us to go on some form of run, which we haven't shown we're capable of doing all season yet, have we, to be able to win the league anyway? So I think if, we, if, we, if we're going to actually sit down and be, you know, try and be non-biased fans, I think even if we'd have won, it would have been a step in the right direction, but I don't think we would have really been any closer to actually you know, grabbing the title race by the horns. I think it would have been a fantastic marker for us moving forward, but it would have been false hope. Um, I think City will win the league. I think we will comfortably, in my opinion, get top four. I'm sure we'll go into the, the sort of chaos around us later. But yeah, I mean, also the other thing about that game that sort of got me is it was the manner of it. We didn't play well on lose. We didn't get absolutely torn to pieces. The one person, the whole team, you expect not to shit the bed, shat the bed three times or two and a half times. So I think in a season where literally anything that can go wrong is going wrong, it's just another tick box check. Then, yeah, it's 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 not going to be our year in the league this year. That's it, really. Mm. It is. It's got. It's gotten, isn't it, James? Because you know we've gotten so used to just being really good and seeing Liverpool win loads and loads of football matches, and yeah, I really. I wanted us to win another title this season because I just want because it it felt a bit it feels a bit ethereal the one that we won last year you know I, you know we didn't really get to embrace it in the way that we we should have done it's been you know so I, it's, people keep talking about these like the the end of the documentaries there's a couple of like documentaries around Liverpool winning the title I can't bring myself to watch them because. I mean, it'll help, and eventually I'll get to them. But it's it just reminds me of what I didn't get more than what 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 we actually got, you know. So when you're now into the season, you were hoping among all hopes that we just go again and we get another one boxed, and hopefully the world's in a condition where you can go and celebrate two titles. That's why that's 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 part of the sort of problem with this. Yeah, I think. I think in the aftermath of a defeat like that at home, that that does put the kind of final, the final nail in our in our in our title hopes coffin. Um, it's very hard. It's very hard to sit here in the aftermath of that and not think about the wider context and not think about the long term goals and the long term plan for this football club. Am I am I still there? Because everyone else is frozen. Am yeah, I, I can hear you, mate. Just them that's frozen. Okay, then cool. Oh. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay. Um, well, it's just me and you then, Sam. Yeah, um, let's go for goal. Let's go for it. I would say I feel I feel quite. I don't know how how you feel, but I, I I feel quite bullish about the whole situation now. I think I think with the league, you know, being gone, there's there's a there's a freedom now. There's a weight off our shoulders that 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 has been there for the past couple of months. With us knowing full well that we're not going to compete for this title this season. Now that that's gone, there's 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 a there's a. Um, yeah, I, I feel weirdly positive about everything, and I know that's probably not a, a kind of popular belief. Um, but look, you know, we've got a really exciting tie against Red Bull Leipzig to win. That's that's super exciting. There's no reason why we can't go really far in the Champions League or win the thing. I fully ex- fully expect us to get top four. There's not there's not four teams better than us in the Premier League right now. They're just they're just fucking isn't. Crisis yeah. or no crisis or no crisis, you know. We, I, I don't, I don't envisage a world where we finish out of the top four. I just don't think there is. Um, and also, you know, Jurgen Klopp's got another, got another rebuild in him here. You know, Klopp's, we've, we've got Klopp down for another few years. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's tied to a contract. There's time, there's room, there's room to manoeuvre and, and and rebuild. And that's something that we've never really been, certainly in our lifetime, Sam, have never been, have never been part of. We've never been champions of of, of, of of England and had to rebuild. We've never been there. You know, you look, Ferguson's had to do it. Mourinho had to do it. We've never been in that position. I find that really exciting going forward. I'm, 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 I'm really looking forward to it. You know, we've got, we've got players who we know are going to be going out of the door. You know, we've got, I think, I think Jack's probably going a Rigi, Ginny Wijnaldum obviously coming to the end of his contract. I think there's massive questions to be asked about um, Oxley Chamberlain, um, Naby Keita again. You know, another one that I think yeah. you know, unless he does something really, you know, starts to find some consistency with his fitness as well as his form, I think he's going to be. You know, he could possibly be another one that's going. And Tacky, you know, the jury's out whether or not he comes back. Yeah. You know, that's that's six, seven, eight players off off our wage bill, off our books. The opportunity to, and, and we're a big draw right now as well. Don't forget, you know, we're a massive draw. We've got the best manager in the world the best goalkeeper in the world the best center back in the world one of the best mid, one of the best midfielders in the world the best striker in the world you know we've we've got so many so many pieces in play that it's it's not it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we bring in four five six more world class players to elevate us to the next level so yeah I'm, i mean i i'm 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 feeling pretty bullish about the whole thing man. yeah i'm i'm, yeah. I'm you know i was fuming on sunday night as i'm sure everyone else was i had to I had to close my social media immediately, <laughs> and and I had to put my phone on airplane mode because I started getting texts off City. City fans can't do banter, can they, man? They're no. the most fucking joyless, humorless bunch I've ever met. Like I they, just got loads they, of like. I mean, think about the bus. Get mean. Think about the think about the bus, hi James. Oh, is it? Um, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Think of, you know, it's like everything. You know, you're right. I think Man, Man well City done, fans. James Sutton, by the way. Yeah, well done. The man who gets professionally paid to talk for a living has just bailed us out for the technical issues. Um, yeah, you know, I agree on that. Without getting too lost down the rabbit hole of talking about Man City, Man City fandom and all that, but they are. I find them a strange bunch. You know, they very do, strange. I, you know the things that you would normally have a laugh. Even like Man United fans, who I find it very, very difficult to talk about football with. And vice versa, by the way, because I think we're, we're polar opposites in that regard, or maybe two positives, and that's what pushes them up, pushes them apart. To be more scientifically correct, um, but like you say things to Man City fans that you would say to normal football fans, and they would normally go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," and they give you this deadpan, straight like, like again, like talking about like talking about the coach greeting thing when you go, "Oh la 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 la," and they go, "That was basically a terrorist attack," and you're like, "Oh wow, oh why, okay." It's because they've got no ref- they've got no reference point. They haven't had they haven't had years of football. They they, they just haven't. They, you know, the majority of their fans have only come along in the past ten years at, at best. You know, they haven't got reference points. They don't know what they were terrorists. Behave yourselves! It was a bottle thrown at a bus. We fucking yeah. are we still talking about that shit? Yeah, yeah I'm with you, sure. man. I'm with you. Yeah, um, Sam. Um, Roy Keane called us bad champions. Bad champions. <laughs> what a fucking knobhead. Um I um I dis- I, I disagree. I, I mean I, I agree in so much as we've not we've clearly not retained our title, so that's bad. But like he I I, I think he's a he's a very entertaining sideshow, Roy Keane, and I think Sky's coverage is much more is much more fun for having him there because he's just such a, a mardy old tit, isn't he? But <laughs> like I again, I, this is my problem with this, and I said this when we, we were doing the final word show. I can't. The problem is Liverpool's problems are actually quite simple. It's just that we've we're, we're missing loads of really good footballers, so it's hard to say Liverpool have been crap or Liverpool have got a general malaise and all that kind of stuff. But it hasn't stopped people doing that because you can't. I'm, I'm struggling to have this conversation over and over again. So people are trying to find new angles, and he's just he's another one, and he's a quite a loud voice, and he's quite a public voice, um, but he's wrong. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? I, I think I love Nick Richards because he's, he's he's a character and he brings something different to the studio. But when you've got him and Roy Keane in the studio alongside Sunus, what you lack between the three of them is any actual sort of analytical insight. So Roy Keane comes out with these brash statements and there's no actual sort of real-life backup to what he says. Like... He's instantly been compounded all over social media with how many times did United win the league on 75 points or how many times did you not win the league the next season or what happened to United in 2014, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all these statements that he make, they're not really backed up well with with actual reality. And another thing that what really annoys me of this whole sort of media outcry at the moment about Liverpool is, oh, Liverpool not good enough, they've bottled it, this, that and the other. So here's one thing leading off from the Man City fans thing. Liverpool Football Club is probably the club that relates more to its fans and relies more on its fans to create special moments. I would say, and I, I hope I don't offend too many City fans, but Man City football team don't rely on their fans to be great. They've got an unbelievable manager, a member of staff for each player and a ridiculously sized squad backed by their owners and their and the, the, their state. They don't need the fans to elevate them to win anything, and it's proven right now. Liverpool do. And so that's playing a big part. But the injury situation's insane. And the fact that Carragher even won't now acknowledge that it's playing a huge part of our of our problems. La- last season, all we heard 
was Laporte ruining Manchester City's title hopes. I've got in front of me the game Laporte returned to Man City's team last year. They won 1-0 away at Sheffield United on January the 21st. He started. So he didn't even miss half a season. He he got injured, I think, in September and came back in January. Maybe about a half a season he missed. And that was 25 points was down to Laporte last season. All the media bought it. All the millions spent on City. That was the reason why. Yet when we've got eight players a game missing for Liverpool, including the, the, the defensive Messi, it's not acceptable. <laughs> Liverpool, it's not good enough. What, yeah. what, what's with that? Why, why, why can't do you it know just why? be clear? Do you, know, do you know why it is? Because people people don't like Liverpool. And, yeah. and I think that's it. No, no, but it's true though, isn't it? Because we 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 I said we spent years looking for chinks in the armour of Manchester United and hoping that there'd be like something that you know that was a sign of them a deeper malaise or a deeper crumble and all that. They're loving it because they've 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 had loads and loads of times where they've had to they've had to suck it up and talk about how great Liverpool are. And it's just it must be really pleasant. I've had so much fun the last five years talking to Man United fans going, Oh, you're a big club. Oh, your big club deserves, deserves better. better. <laughs> you deserve better than what you've seen at the moment. And they don't. Look, everyone hates monopolies just in general, don't they? And Liverpool and Manchester United are the two most successful sides in, in English football. And from a from a standpoint of, you know, do 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 the Premier League want more owners with loads of money? Then it's good that City can come in and spend the money and win the league and stuff like that, isn't it? And, you know, I, I think it does kind of you know, just sort of say to everybody that you can still you can still win the league. It's not just Liverpool or Manchester United. And you know, for me, it'd be you know, it's boring sat here every week going, well, the reasons are this, 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 and this, and the reasons haven't changed for three months. It gets boring saying the same reasons over and over. The difference with um, Sunesh as opposed to the others is. He says things like they're a statement, just like us, they're just opinion. Mm-hmm. He's just thinking that way. It's just that he gets more airtime than anybody else and he's a sour cunt. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it comes across like he's just being dead salty and stuff. And he is, but like it's no different to any other 50-year-old Manchester United fan would say exactly the same. It's no different than every United fan who's hiding behind the Cristiano Ronaldo picture still uh, on Twitter saying exactly the same thing. You know, it, 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 that's all it is. He's just a Twitter opinion and nothing more. Whereas yeah. what you get from Gary Neville is you get that saltiness. But like Sam was saying there, he's actually got stuff to back it up. Yeah. You know, he, he thinks about the game in a different way. I actually really like Sunes and, and Roy Keane from a TV spectacle. They yeah. annoy the living daylights out of me. But there's also that's like, it's why people drive slowly past car crashes. You know, it's the same thing. You're waiting for Sunes <laughs> to say something that's going to fuck shit up. Yeah. Isn't it? That's what Sunes does. Yeah, it's uh, no, but it's true, isn't it? And, and and this is what we're getting with with media coverage. Man United having to live in it. We, Liverpool had it in, in the nineties um, and and the early noughties, James, where all of your best players become pun- become pundits, and then your team's not as good, and they've got the glory days to kind of slag it off. United, the the ex United guys have been taking pelters for years now as pundits, and then Liverpool's just a nice easy target. And the, the simple fact is, is because no one really cares about Manchester City. That's the problem. Goes both ways. They haven't got banter. They don't. They don't, the fans don't have banter because they've never had anyone to banter with. They've had a one sided banter for their entire lives with Manchester United fans in their own city, and they've never had a genuine rivalry along the ways. Like we've had Liverpool have had loads. It's funny. You know, we've had the Man United one, we've had the Everton one, but we've had we had a spell where Chelsea were a big rival, we had a spell where Arsenal were a big rival, there will have been spells where Leeds were big rivals, etc. etc. And so and then so City just don't no. City were bought because of their proximity to Manchester United. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not because of the fan base of the football club. Yeah. 
that was the, that's the thing. You know, they needed somewhere. They would have gone with Manchester or London as the two cities to buy a club in because they're the easiest places if you get them playing well where you can go and get players in. Because Manchester United have proven it over the years. You can get top draw players into Manchester. It's a good enough city for them to live in. London proves it time and time again. People go just because it's London, yeah. not because of the football club. Manchester City are lucky that they are where they are, as in closeness to Manchester being in Manchester is one of the reasons they were bought not because of the fan base or the club or the history of the club yeah, absolutely. it's just that it was fucking cheap and you can get players there if you get good <laughs> yeah that's it and that is the thing as we say Jason, it just it just doesn't I say no one's got a depth of ill feeling towards Ma- because people hate Chelsea because they were the first to come in with loads of money and then City do it and we've kind of grown a bit numb to all that and people feel a bit sorry for them because and people actually I don't mind I don't mind their rise. You know they went down to the lower leagues of footy and came back up again. So you know the people who've been there the whole time are off. That's fine. You know there's just not there's just, they they cause no strong emotional feelings. That's that's the reason why no one talks about Man City because they don't drive clicks and no one has any inbred hatred for them. Yeah, that's that's you, you've hit the, you've hit the nail on the head, mate. And it's there's the, the, I don't want to. I don't want to come across as kind of self-righteous, but there is a really, there is a kind of really easy solution to this. If you're a Liverpool fan, just don't fucking read or watch it. Like there is enough, there's enough platforms and enough really good fan-driven content out there right now, including the Redman TV, by the way. You don't need, you don't need to listen to any of the noise. If you want foot, if you want brilliant football writing, get yourself subscribed to The Athletic. Um, the Anfield Rap also do a, a incredible, incredible stuff. You've got well, live watch along. You've got live watch alongs on the Redman TV with every single game. So you don't even need to listen to Patrice Evra or, or whichever other <laughs> fucking renter gob they've wheeled out that week to talk about. This <laughs> you can, you can, you can create your own kind of bubble of really interesting. Interesting work. Yeah, and I think the only two exceptions are Carragher and Neville. They're the only two on Monday Night Football that I will tune in for because it's interesting stuff. Outside of that, I, I don't. I, I, I can see your point why you, why you, why you might enjoy Chris um, Graham Souness and and that kind of side of it. But for me, it's it, it it's just nonsense. They don't say anything that in that 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 um, backs up my own views on this football club or even what I see on the pitch. It's just it's just narrative and stories done to create clicks and done to create furore on social media. And here we are two days after the match talking about it. So they've kind of won. The best thing yeah. to do is, is genuinely just ignore it. Like I say, subscribe to The Athletic, subscribe to The Anfield Rap, subscribe to The Red Men, devour all the content. And I promise your life will be a shit ton better for it. Well, the thing for, thing for me there thanks, is, James. you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, but thank you first of all. That I just don't, I just don't get annoyed by it yeah. because I no. believe in in my opinions and those of the people that I read and write and you know watch and stuff like that. It's I got Morpheus. Yeah, my beliefs it, don't it, require it, that you believe in yeah, my beliefs. It yeah. Genuinely, doesn't fucking matter to me yeah. whether Graham Souness thinks that Liverpool are never going to be the football club where everybody goes. Well, aren't they just bloody amazing? Yeah. It's never going to be that way. So if you if you believe in your beliefs, fuck them. What's it matter? Why, why does everyone get that annoyed by it? It doesn't... Like, Brie Keane saying they'll pull a bad jumps, that's his opinion, so what? Yeah. No, that's true. So I mean, what? Well, this is the way broadcast is going now. It, it, it's the talk sportification of everything. 
you know, we see and we see it in fan media as well, by the way. You know, and we maybe we do it at, at, at times or whatever, and you see it in certain in certain other quarters, which everyone knows. Um, but that's what they are. They they're good telly, and and they, and they and they do what Sky requires. This is why Robbie Savage gets hired for things, by the way, because he just used to say shit, and you can then go. Former Manchester United midfielder, <laughs> uh, former Leicester midfielder, you know, League Cup play winning midfielder, w- w- former Welsh international. <laughs> yeah, you know, BBC's uh, that, you know, Matt, ha- you know, walking haircut, uh, Grammy <laughs> Award nominee. Yeah, you know, this is, this is the thing. Isn't it? They've got they've got a good they've got a, a really good balance on Sky that makes the television more entertaining, which is good. It's a, it's a reaction to Talksport plus us that means they've had to take a little bit of a step up and all this so it's a bit more banter it's a bit more friendly it's a bit more this and that but as you say it's all opinion unless someone can sit there and analytically break something down and that exists out there in plenty in plenty of quarters you know Sam you were talking about the Monday Night Football stuff from last night before we started going live you know that's that's cool get get what you want from it but you're right it, it is a, it is just opinion it's just annoying isn't it when because someone's voice carries so much it, people go he must know more well, he doesn't. It's no. just fucking... And Roy Keane's probably a fucking reaction to the fact that it was just all Liverpool ex-pros giving his team shit and all that you can't win anything with kids. And he's just grown up watching, you know, as a footy player, watching Liverpool players slag Manchester United off and he's going, right, I know how to do this job. I'll just do what Hanson and fucking Lawrenson did for years with me. Yeah. I'll just do the exact same. But, yeah. Roy, Roy Keane, Roy Keane has... Roy Keane has a sorry. Roy Keane has a really, really simplistic view of, of of football and of football matches. He always has done. You look at any any of the kind of biggest statements that he's ever made. They're really just reactionary and 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 basic. There's no nuance there. There's no kind of there's no thought. There's no depth to anything that he says. It's oh, they they should have they should have run faster. They should have run faster. Why didn't they run more? Why should have that's why he was. Well, he's, well, he's rubbish. Well, he's rubbish then. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't like it, doesn't it? It's it's all reactionary <laughs> shit. Whereas you can't shoot. You can't tune into Soccer AM and expect fucking you know an hour long Mel Ready interview. It ain't it ain't gonna happen. If you tune into Soccer AM, you're gonna get Soccer AM fucking stats. That that's that's where we are, man. Yeah, that's true. I'm absolutely spot on about that, though. Yeah, yeah. Be less impacted by COVID. What are they doing? You know, yeah, it's, um, yeah. It'd be a great it's, 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 it's what's funny is again, it's it, again. There's actually someone reacted in the comments who's saying like all the all. I think it says oh, most pundits are ex Liverpool players, which is just a big load of nonsense, isn't it? Absolutely, but there's lots. Of, don't get me wrong. There's lots of Liverpool players, ex Liverpool players, lots. But the idea that there's not tons of manks out there. Oh um, God. But it's the way it goes. I say that's 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 what it is, and that's why Man United have had a hard time, of it, extra hard time of it in the last couple of years because you've got you've got Roy Keane, you've got Gary Neville, you've got Paul Scholes, you've got Patrice Evra as a bare minimum who are all over absolutely everything, and they're just so saddened <laughs> by the Man United they've had to watch over the years, and that just feeds and that winds up the fans and blah blah blah, and I recognise it because God knows again that's what I said that's what Liverpool had to live with in the in the nineties. And Hansen going, oh, that's a lot lost of defending <laughs> every single fucking week on match of the day. Well, like, well, well, Neil Ruddock is just flopping about the place trying to clear the clear the ball. Um, you know what? You know what, Paul? Do you know what? Do you know what the way the best thing is? Is it? Is that they've got no excuse either? So Roy Kinko, 
Oh, we, we, we've got loads of injuries. Oh, no, we haven't. Uh, we've, we, we, yeah, but the man... Oh, yeah, the manager shit as well. Oh, yeah, but we don't spend any money. Oh, yeah, we spend fuck loads of money. <laughs> so he's actually got no excuse, has he, for them? So he, he's trying to dig us out. But really, it's because he's got no excuse to why Man U are still shit and he's fucking do everything possible to not be yeah. shit and they still are. Absolutely. Didn't even mention, <laughs> by the way, real, real Ferdinand and, and technically Michael Owen, who, who they can have um, yeah. as well. <laughs> um, Shy Banstead uh, with the super chat saying, was that Keen or Father Ted? I think he was talking about yours because when you did your impression, I was like, that's Father Ted. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> um, right. Um, <laughs> a drink job. I hear you're a racist now, Father. <laughs> you're a racist now, Father. What's the church's position on racism? <laughs> Trick <laughs> uh, uh, Josh. Uh, Do you remember the episode where they got lost in the bra section? Oh, the, the Christmas Simpsons? special. That's basically what's happening on your Facebook at the moment, isn't it? Oh yeah, the yeah. digital version of that. We had a conversation about this <laughs> Facebook advertising. I bought something, something pleasant for my wife slash more for me for Valentine's, and now every fifth advert. Oh uh, hello! It's just breasts. It's amazing. Trick um, Josh. <laughs> so Steve Nichol on ESPN reckons Liverpool need to rebuild. They should have done it last year. He reckons the front three have to shoulder some of the blame. How would you rebuild the team? I don't disagree with this idea that the the the, the front three. Because let's look at let's look ahead from this now. Because we've got no choice. The season doesn't end. We can't just fucking pack up. And we have this in life. And, and I, I think the, the the older you get, or maybe it depends on how your life goes. Of course, you face these circumstances in life where you're just like, I'd love to give up here. I'd love to give up and not have to deal with this. But unfortunately, you're like, I've got no choice. And I find that with. Raising children has that impact on you. I can't not have another night's sleep. I, how, how, no, no, no. Like, like reset, control, alt, delete, anything. Put like, it back in there. <laughs> get it back in. You don't know. No, I can't. But you do. You've got to find a way to knuckle down and get on. And that's where Liverpool are. And to the point, I, I, I disagree that Liverpool need a rebuild because I think rebuild rebuild feels to me like a two or three year process where you're absolutely cut, where you you scythe a lot of shit away and you start again. We're lucky that the best players we've got are still in, in in the right age. But I do agree that if Liverpool are going to get themselves out of this, Chris, there's a there's a there's a whole bunch of things, and we'll talk about the centre halves in a second. But there needs to be. I think to ask more from Salah is. I think it's too much. He's the top goal scorer in the league by three goals. He's doing his part. But we need more from Firmino, we need more from Mane, and you need more from other, other the other established world class players. I can't get behind the full rebuild just yet. For, for the fact is, we've not seen what this squad can do with everybody fit and available. And for me, you know, there's layers to this, isn't it? Let's start off with Klopp's philosophy. Klopp's philosophy is to work with a small squad of really good players and because he finds that you can get your message across, you get more out of each player and all that type of stuff. If you want Klopp to do a rebuild, that's probably the first thing that needs to change. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's going to change because Klopp is going to continue to work with a small squad. He find, it's how he works with them. He, he understands it. He knows he can get the best out of, a, a, let's say, an 18, 19 uh, strong group of players. That's got to change if you want to do a rebuild. That's not going to change anytime soon. Can you refresh the front three? I think we've seen him try that in the summer with the, with the signing of Jota. He's out. Okay. What what people are saying, I believe when they say a rebuild, is they mean, for the most part, all the lads, Shakiri, Origi, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Naby Case, all the lads that aren't involved in the in the first team and everyone's fit and available need changing because they're not good enough. I think that's what most people are saying. Mm -hmm. And that that is right. 
if Liverpool are going to go into a season with eight injuries again every yeah. year, we definitely need a rebuild if that's the case. If we get back to a position where everybody's fit and available and you're asking Ox to come in for 15 games here and asking Shaqiri to 15 and Jota for 15, I think they're good enough for that. Yeah. Because that's it's different to having five of them on the pitch at one time. If you're telling me Liverpool are going to get these injuries every year, then I'll go, we need a rebuild of the squad mm -hmm. because the squad's not big enough, it's not deep enough, and the players can't, five of them can't come in and the team be the same. There is no side in the history of football that where you can take five or six lads out who can go and defend the title. Mm -hmm. It's just not the it's just not the way that it's done. It's so, never going to be the way that it's done. Yeah. So what are you asking for? Are you asking for a rebuild or are you asking for less injuries? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. And there's, there's probably a middle ground in there, isn't there, James, where it'd be nice if there's a couple of lads who, are, who we're, we're lacking who it's not because of the current world climate. You know what I mean? Like, So, like... Oh, I mean, I'm not saying that using loads of players to serious career-ending, potentially knee injuries is to do with COVID. It's not. But what I mean is, like, Naby Kate is the prime example of this because there's a lad who's bought the right idea. You got and you spend £50 million on a lad to improve your first team. And he did. He was in that first 11. Every big game we played when Naby Kater was fit, he was in that team. Without a doubt, he was bought to transform. He was bought alongside Fabinho to change the dynamic of our midfield. And he's never been able to live up to that potential. But that's what you need to do. It's not about saying get rid of Oxlade Chamberlain and get rid of Cater and get rid of this and that. Because I think people think we need to rebuild, we need to buy better understudies. That is the fucking, that is the guaranteed shortest path to failure is buying second choices. And this is why it's difficult. You need to go out and buy lads who are better than our current first team. And here's why when I hear people say we, FSG should have invested and we should have done more in the summer. Well, we did. Chris said it. We went out and we bought a better centre midfielder in Thiago. We bought a better forward. He was in much better form than, let's say, Mane's been in this season. Um, in, in Jota. And okay, yeah, we bought cover. And then, you know, and, and I know it's taken a while, but we've then gone and bought another young understudy centre half in, in, in Kabak as well. You ha what I'm saying is you have to go and buy amazing footballers and that's not as simple as going by amazing footballers but if it was then yeah let's just go let's yeah agreed let's go and do that yeah you, you you're right both, both of you are both you you and you and you and chris are both right i don't i don't think it is as easy as just saying we're going to replace you know squad players it's not it, it, it that's 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 not really gonna gonna fix the the, the you know the, the, the this this rebuild that we're, we're suddenly kind of faced with I was saying to Sam before, um, it, it, the whole the whole thing really excites me. I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what what Jurgen and and the backroom staff do with this first team because, you know, last season was was a bit of a freak. I, mean, I know we had a we had a we had a couple of injuries. You know, we lost the we lost the goalkeeper for the first part, and and you know Fabinho's out, and and you know there's, there's, there was issues, but it wasn't as bad as it is. It, it's been this. I mean, this season's been. It's been unbelievable. I, I can't think of another another title-winning side that has been so decimated the following season. When there's so much hype and there's so much excitement and all the noise is about, yeah, listen, I know we didn't get to celebrate it, but wait till we fucking win it this next year. That was what all the chat was about. So to be faced with that kind of disappointment, that's you know, that's 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 really hard to take. And and the players are really feeling it, man. You only have to look at their social medias, man. They're hurting, they're hurting more than we are, man. They know they know that they need to step up more. And I think, you know, this, this, listen, it's a massive end to this season now for so many players. You know, you mentioned there Oxley Chamberlain, you you know, um um Nabi Kaita, huge, huge months ahead for these guys because make no mistake, they they 
they will be out the door. They will. And I know that maybe not part of a rebuild, but you you know, you have to have players that can come in that can come in, hit the ground running, aren't don't have periods out injured because these even these players that are squad players have had one, two, three months out, and then they're not playing every week. You yeah. just you cannot have that as a as a business model. That just doesn't make any it doesn't make any commercial sense as well as sense on the pitch. It just yeah. doesn't. We need we need lads that we can rely on, and that and they've got a, Michael Edwards has got a huge job ahead of him now. But it's an exciting one, man. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to seeing what what happens next. Your, your squad players have got should ideally be in this so far, Sam. This is how it's worked. We've bought in a better player, and the lad who was in the first eleven becomes the understudy. And then you've got a lad who's in your squad who understands inside and out the tactics. He's integrated into the squad. He's a member, you know, like he's friends with everyone in there. You can create that unity and that's how you grow the strength of your squad. There's a little, there's a, there's a point happening on the horizon. If we don't get recruitment or continue to get recruitment right in the coming, you know, coming months and, and years that you have to, you have to change that approach. Like we might have to do that with the front three. I'm not sure that Mane or Salah are the kind of lads who you let become your second choice. Mm. They'll, they'll want, they'll just go to Barcelona or Real Madrid because they'll be, they'll be able to do that. But Firmino might be. You know, Firmino might be a lad who wouldn't mind sticking around. He might do another couple, you know, another season or two with a slightly reduced workload while someone else comes in and you save him. But I don't know that either. He might, Barcelona might come and just go, do you fancy coming and lynching our attack and in a slower league? And he'll be like, yeah, all day. Warm, bit warmer climate, get to sleep in the afternoon. And, uh, and get to play, get to play in front of ninety thousand people. Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah, that, that's where we have to be sort of um, sort of careful with this. Yeah, and and it's interesting when you think about if you go back to the seventeen eighteen Champions League final team, I think Klopp and Edwards have actually been doing this already. We just haven't really noticed it, and a bit of bad luck. So we finished that season with a midfield of uh, Henderson, Wijnaldum, and, and Milner, and I actually believe that he brings in. Keita and Fabinho to refreshing up that midfield. Now, obviously, only Fabinho stamps his mark on the side, really, doesn't he? Um, we bring on Lolano when Salah gets injured. We sign Shakiri, who's a more, at the time, definitely a more direct, more energetic replacement player for, say, than Lolano was. And then and moving forward from that, um, the next the next season, well, let's be honest, Joel Matic probably plays in that final should he stay fit all season, but he wasn't fit at the time, was he? So we have Lovren and we have Lovren and Van Dijk at the back. The next season we win the Champions League and get 97 points with Matip and Van Dijk is probably finishing our, our main centre halves. The next yeah. season it's Gomez and Van Dijk, so that has changed automatically. I actually think we've tried to replace Wijnaldum two or three times, but he's yeah. an absolute beast and a machine so much that he stayed fit and everybody else can't. Kate is broken And probably down. Hendo as well, to be fair. Exactly, and Henderson's had to completely change from a, a eight to a six back to an eight again, and now he's just this complete player because of all that. And then this summer we bring in Thiago. Curtis Jones has become one of our most important 15, 16 players, and Diego Diogo Jota was one of our most important 12, 13 players at the time of his injury. So when you look at what we've actually tried to do, he's actually tried to change four or five elements of the team over the two, three-year period. But unfortunately, this season and part of last with Keita has actually changed the plan. So although I agree, yeah, we probably could do a refreshing up a few faces. And I do agree with you on the Salah and Manny thing. I believe one of them will leave. It's just one of them may already have left had, had the COVID situation not been such bad fortune. But looking forward again, I do actually have a little bit of concern for what we can do in the summer because we may be planning to sell Salah for £130, £40 million pound while he's the Premier League's top scorer. He's 29 and the analysis are saying, is that still going down? Same like the hour with Wijnaldum. 
But we might not be able to do that because Barcelona and, and, and Real Madrid are having to remortgage everyone in the club's house. And yeah. PSG are, are struggling to hang on to Neymar and Mbappe as it is. Bayern Munich have just bought Sané. So where are they going to go? We may actually yeah. end up with these players till age 30, 31 by proxy. So we yeah. have actually got a really, really tough sort of set of circumstances to work within and yeah. get those players back. And rebuild that's it, Gomez like, and Van, Van Dyke's need is your rebuild. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Because I don't there's nothing I don't think there's anything wrong with the, our, our model of how we do things. Liverpool are a self-sustaining football club. That's the way we'd have it. I mean, maybe not, but I mean, I'm, I don't want to speak for everyone because I'm sure there'd be people who just w- wish we had bottomless pits of funds. I'm sure that'd be fun. Like I know Steam Machinaria, Steam Company says it's it's fun. It's fun just knowing that your club can go out and buy everyone. I bet it is. Just don't get attached to centre backs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No <laughs> full backs. Um, but yeah, but so I did, you know, there's probably the degree to which, you know, I'm sure I could live in a world if Liverpool had all that all that money available to us. But I quite like the way the way it's done. We got we buy players, we improve players, and then we move we move Certain lads on, they, they make money. The club doesn't live in debt. It doesn't live beyond its means. It's it's a it's a really enviable model on and on and off the pitch. Um, but this is a big challenge, you know, because you're dead right. Because COVID means it's a, the rules have changed. Because all of a sudden, you know, there was fifty million pounds worth of sales that we didn't make in the summer that we absolutely make in a in a normal world. And what's the then knock on effect? That's fine. That's that. That's that. So you're not selling lads who are ten to fifteen million pounds, which is where our lifeblood. That's how we've sustained this team. Make no mistake by selling your Sachos and your Brewsters and your Ibs and your Dominic Salankis. That's how you're able to keep Salamane, Firmino, and Van Dijk. Um, but now we're into a world where you, we're right. I think we need we could probably do with now cashing in big time on one of the big on one of the big boys and then going out and making a big splash. But that's yeah, again, it's a fresh I, challenge. I, I don't know. I don't know whether Liverpool need to do that. I can understand it with COVID that they probably do. I think for me, the, the way that Liverpool had sort of done their businesses, you know, gradually, if you think about FSG's tenure on the whole, generally speaking, the transfer fees have gone up. Mm-hmm. Like those £10 million players all of a sudden become 20. You know, sales and buys, by the way, and your big signings all of a sudden 75, 60-odd million pound ones. I think that would have continued. I think Liverpool personally would have just gone up maybe to that £100 million mark for a player, but maybe would have sold someone for sort of £40, £50 million as well. I think there's a point where when you establish yourself in the top four and you establish yourself as a champions-elect every season or gunning for the title every year, challenges, then you do have to sort of make that step. I think, actually, it becomes harder to sustain because you can't take those risks in the squad anymore. Whereas when you're finishing between fourth and second every year, you can get away with one being wrong. And Liverpool had had it where they didn't get any wrong, and that's probably what propelled us. You are going to get... Not every transfer is going to be a hit. You know, there are going to be some misses, unfortunately, and... You know, you try to limit them as best you can. But to do that, I think you do have to probably spend a little bit more money. Yeah. And I, th- I thought the plan would have been get them to that stage and then you then see the fruits of that labour where we do spend a little bit more each you, year. You see what Liverpool have done, and you know, for all the criticism of, of, of FSG, which c- continues to rear its head whenever Liverpool aren't winning. And that's the only time it happens because that it becomes their fault when the players stop, stop sticking the ball in the back of the net. Is when the need to go and spend big money occurs, they go out and spend big money. And the evidence is there for us. Now you could argue it, it's from big sales, but that's fine. Again, it's all part of the self-sustaining. Sometimes you need to do that. And as I mean, there's, there's a point coming where if all your best players, James, are 29, heading towards 30, Liverpool, the be- Liverpool, not FSG Liverpool, Liverpool that won everything in the 70s and 80s. It was even Bob Paisley, maybe I'd be paraphrasing, said like, let players, you know, grow old on someone else's wage. 
books. And that's the point with that. You know, as you go and we did it, we did it. Torres is the best recent example of this, where he was gone. He was done, he was finished, and we absolutely robbed Chelsea of £50 million for him. Now, we then went and spunk 35 for Andy Carroll, which made it look a lot, lot less impactful. But that's, you know, that that that's, would be a reasonable next step for Liverpool, if it, if, if it is possible. Yeah, it was, it was similar to Coutinho as well. I felt I felt like we we, we, had, we had Coutinho's best years here. You know... Yeah. I, I think I think so. we I think shouldn't have done. By the way, we shouldn't have done because he 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 should have still had his best years to come, which is why we were so upset about it. And Sterling, he was a system player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a not Barcelona and uh, Bayern Munich system all over. But yeah, you know, you do sometimes those opportunities arise to make to make Megado and you're right with what Sam's saying. There's a spreadsheet here and someone's looking at secret graphs and they're going, ah, he's going to reach that downward point. That's the best time in which to capitalise when we've milked every all the best stuff out of a player. But yeah, I, I agree. But 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 I think Sam mentioned it before. You know, the, the graph has been ripped up and, and been redrawn because of the past 12 months. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've said on previous you know shows, you can't take out essentially all the income of a business, essentially. Shirt sales are well down and mo a, a, a huge, huge proportion of the Nike deal is based on shirt sales and based on the income that you generate from that. I mean, I'm sure over, you know, there's, there's parts of the Far East where we still sell a lot of shirts, but make no mistake, match day, the fans coming over at that club shop, buying those yeah. shirts up. It's, it's the, the impact has been absolutely huge, not not just from ticket sales, but from from across across the board. You know, and that, that I can't begin. I'm not a you know. I'm not. A, I'm not a stats man. I'm not a numbers man. But I, 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 I can't imagine what that what a headache that's done um, behind the scenes. Looking at you know because then then it becomes a question of well, what's your how, your wage bill? How big's your wage bill? Is there anyone you can get off your wage bill? Is someone not performing to the to the highest level? What can we do to balance that as well? So the whole yeah. the whole thing has been has been really convoluted and 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 and, and coloured by everything that's happened over the, the past 12 months. I said it before, and I, you know, don't, ex don't expect us to be spending a lot of money in the summer. It, 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 ain't, it ain't there, it ain't there and it ain't gonna happen. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll be getting bodies in, of course they will, but if people are expecting us to be signing Kylian Mbappe, it, it's, it's not gonna happen, it's a pipe dream. You know, yeah. we, have to, we, have to be, we have to be cleverer and, 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 and Michael Edwards has to be cuter than he's ever been in the transfer market. It's, 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 you know, these, these are unprecedented times, man, and they, they require a lot of nuance and they require a lot of really tricky work behind the scenes to, to, to raise this football club back up to, you know, the lofty standards that we've set ourselves over the past few years. It's, it's going to be yeah. tricky. I think I think you're right, James. And the wage bill stuff's really interesting. Obviously, if anyone doesn't follow Swiss Ramble over on Twitter, then it's definitely worth doing. And I can't remember the exact figure, but is it Liverpool spends something like 70% of everything on wages it's something it's a really high percentage whatever it is and you know obviously the gro the gross sales are down that doesn't mean we're losing money but the income's definitely down and stuff like that now people who are there going we, we want to rebuild and all that type of stuff and most of the players that they mention aren't in the first team you know mm -hmm. we mentioned that before some people do think you know one of the one in one out in the front three fine that's going to offset liverpool have got a huge wage bill uh, against what their sales are as a company, unfortunately. And what that means is you you want to bring in loads of lads to sit on the bench. Well, hang on, we're already spending 70%, give or take, I don't know the percentage, yeah. of what we earn on wages, and you want to bring in another five lads on 200 grand a week. Yeah. What does that do? 
You know what I mean? Like that that could that could tip you the other side. You yeah. could go into the red doing something like that. It's it's almost you can't be too frivolous with it. And that's what's allowed us to get where we are. Buddy Buddy you know, Klopp's idea of how he wants to work with a small squad, with being able to actually offer comparable wages with other big clubs around the world. Well, if we had a 30-man squad, we wouldn't be able to offer Salah, Firmino, Mane the wages that they're on with yeah. the bonuses that they're expected to get because all of a sudden you've got to spread that wage every week between 30 lads instead of 18. And and that's, again, why Klopp was one of the p- people that FSG wanted yeah. because he knew that he could work within their constraints financially as the football club. And now you might have an issue with that and loads of people will do. Yeah. And you know what? In the grand scheme of things, I might. Yeah. But there's nothing we can do about well, it. Well, I'll give you, the, give you the point on all this. Last, last before we just talk about the current side, um, is we won the Champions League and within three weeks, everyone was clamouring for the title. Like the Champions League hasn't been won and we won the title and now and, and now six months later, everyone's heads are in the toilet because we're not going to win it the next year. Liverpool could change their owners and change to a model where they have got bottomless funds and they win the league every season. If you're not happy now, and you weren't happy in the summer. That's not gonna. You're never gonna be happy. Is the is the point? So we might as well have a football club that at least runs within its means and is run sensibly and and and, and does all the other really good things that it does around and about. Um, Connor S uh, says, "Person, I just want to see Henderson and Fabinho back to midfield with a couple of games to see if that helps the attack." Yes, let's do that. Um, I mean, it, it goes. It feeds into the question, doesn't it, um, Sam? Really, of just just get Davies and Kabak in. And and I, I, look, I wouldn't mind in the short term if it's just Fabinho and Kabak. I'm I'm kind of fine with that, but there is a part of me that just says get the two centre backs. They look like they've got sort of quite ni- neatly meshing skill sets. Like we have, looks like we've bought a potential partnership there, even if it's not a great one. Um, but they're not going to impact. I just want I just want to see us with our best full backs, our best goalie, our best midfield, our best attack, and a, and a defence of some sort behind them and see what that looks like. Because it, what it's doing right now is just a bit shit by comparison. Well, yeah, this is all linked into what James said before about being really excited for the rest of the season. Now our, our goals have adjusted realistically. Is we're no longer no longer looking at first, which was going to take a momentous effort to usurp City from where they are. We're now looking at second, third, fourth. And I think by default, we'll probably finish third or fourth. With a bit of luck, we push second. But mm-hmm. now, now the adjustments have changed and we're now looking at the teams around us and their form. And it's like win, draw, win, lost, win. You know, yeah. where City's just like win, 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 win. So anyway, but like, so I think now the opportunity is there for Klopp to say, well, actually, due to that, I can, I can now look at maybe taking a few more risks. So I think we don't see Henderson and Sands back for the rest of the season now, unless there's another mini-injury crisis. But yeah, I suppose we shouldn't write that off. I think he's now number eight all season, maybe number six. But I would like to see a world where Kabak and Phillips or Kabak and Davies play centre-back for the next three mm-hmm. or four games. A, to build the partnership. And B, to allow Fabinho to get back to the money he's doing. I, if I was Fabinho and Henderson, I'd be banging on the, the manager's door saying, in that game the other week, that doesn't happen. Half of that doesn't happen if I'm playing in midfield. But you know whether that happens or not is another matter. But you you know full well in certain other teams and certain other situations, they would have been banging on the door saying, time to get me back in midfield, boss. So I think that that's where we start. And also, you know, give him a couple of games off the bench. But I want to see Jota playing with Salah and Mane again. I think Bobby yeah. Firmino needs releasing from the side for a while or play all four. You yeah. know, I think I think we need to see a world where maybe Thiago comes off the bench for a couple of games. 
Yeah. And we give Curtis Jones a run out because he looked fantastic against an unbelievable City team. You know, it's yeah. now time to start pushing at what's going to happen at the end of this year, next year. Yeah, definitely. And, and everything. Sorry, just to interrupt. And, and everything you're and everything you're saying there, Sam, starts with the defence. All all of those things that you're saying about getting bodies into midfield, getting bringing back bodies at, 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 up top, all of that starts with having men available that aren't midfielders available that aren't playing fucking centre back. <laughs> yeah. That's true, isn't it? Do I mean look at the look at the league? Look at the league table. Obviously, we're in fourth at the time of recording. Uh, Man United second, Leicester third, does Chelsea, West Ham, Everton, Spurs. Like Man United, two wins in the last five. Leicester, two wins in the last five. Liverpool, two wins in the last five. Chelsea, three wins, all the big consecutively in the last five. West Ham, three wins in the last five, but they just drew the last game. Everton, two wins out of five. Spurs, two wins out of five. Villa, three wins out of five. Go down the table. Uh, Arsenal, two wins out of five. Leeds, two wins out of five. Southampton lost the last five. Um, the the point is 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 there is. Chris, is that everyone, apart from City, is a bit crap to varying degrees. You're just sh- just shuffling the winds around. When you put two or three back to back, you look like you're flying. When you break them up, you look like you're in a massive crisis. For me, I, I, that that's what where Liverpool are at now is. We have been and I've been saying ten years we've been doing this channel and the consistent saying about it is that uh, is it the one to be to finish in the top four? You just have to be less shit than the others. Absolutely, and that's that's what it is, and that's why I agree. Ten with Sam. years, he has been saying it. Look, he didn't even need to tell me. Yeah, exactly. You know, you do. You just need to be the least shit of the good teams to you know to get into the top four to finish fourth. It's it's a shame because I would be I would be looking away from first, unfortunately. But Liverpool's aim should be to finish second because you know I think when you come the end of the, at the moment it looks like we're, we're we're being bad champions. But most teams that don't win the league win the league the next season tend to finish second. Still there or thereabouts in the prem, in the Premier League era. And if you get to the end of the season and you finish second, and if we've had a good run in the Champions League, which is a big ask, I I, I admit, um, then that's an inc- that's it's not a great season, not the season we were planning for when we started. But it's enough to be able to go okay. Well, we 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 will we'll dust ourselves down, get as many players back, and go again in the summer. And I look at those teams around us. No, no one else's form. There's nothing else scary in any of those other teams, as far as I'm concerned. No, everyone's been up and down, just like we have, haven't we? And and, and for me, it's about you know I, I obviously want to see those centre halves come back in. Uh, I want to see those centre halves come in. I should say I want to see those midfielders get back into the middle of the park because for me, this is a good basis now. Where I think if you risk it a little bit, lads, then you might lose a couple of games for playing Davies and Kabak together, but. Come the end of the season, that last month when they've been playing for two months solidly, I think you're getting that back. Yep. Um, I think there is enough wiggle room where we can take a few risks and still finish in the top four. Yeah. We do need to turn that form around pretty quickly, by the way, as well. Yeah. You know, we need to get back to winning games of football. But you know, we're in a position where we can start trying things for next year, um, and that's a sorry state of affairs at the same time. But equally, like. If anyone, if anyone at the football club has concerns over the front three, well, you're only going to know whether the front three are good enough when you put your midfield back together yeah. and see what yeah. and see what happens with that. Yeah. Like, and if the, if you put your midfield back together and the defence are playing okay and the front three still aren't finishing the dinner and still not playing well, then you'd, you've got a problem and you need to go and arrest that. But you need to know whether you've got a problem or not. And the only way of doing that is shouldn't two centre-halves at the back and letting your team play football. I completely agree on that. I mean, Leicester, Leicester Lumen... A win over them would take us above them in the table on on goal difference, um, and that's where it starts. And that's the only the only slight concern is of what we've seen with it being that's 
a game you actually can't afford. You know, we talk about there's a couple of games that you can afford to kind of go, oh, well, you know, whatever. I think the fact that we've lost our last two and now it's Leicester, I do wonder whether we will be brave enough. And that's why I, I wonder whether we'll see a one step it's in that direction. Fabinho car back for me would be that would be a positive step towards that. But you just never know. We've had a full there'll have been a full week pretty much to get prepared for that game. We know that with trading time, things do change with what Liverpool are doing, so definitely we'll we'll see that. Um just lastly, uh super chat from Trig Josh. I want a Liverpool away shirt and a third kit shirt. There's never any stock in my size. So at least good to know that either they're still selling or that Nike are a bit crap. Uh well, let's hope it's the former rather than the latter in that regard. Um the H gate, mate. Uh, anyway, right. Um, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, one thing that we um, yeah, yeah that we want to say is obviously thank you so much to everyone who's joined us. Thank you for comments and thank you for dropping likes on videos and uh, leaving reviews on podcasts and all that kind of good stuff as well. Uh, we'll get out. We'll get you through. We're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. We've got no choice but to but to support Liverpool throughout it. Uh, whether we're miserable and you don't like FSG and you don't like various players or whatever, we're all Liverpool fans at the end of the day. So yeah, we'll all we'll all be here come the end of the season. Hopefully Liverpool will have turned things around by then uh, Sam, James, Chris thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure hope you've enjoyed the podcast we'll be back with another one next week